DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This segment is brought to you by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Question of the day What does it say about the Jazz having lost two games in a row? Brian says nothing. We were up by 12. It looked like we didn't care. I don't think anyone gave a serious effort. Ah, see, now he disagrees. You didn't think it was an effort issue. <clears throat> I he did not does. think it was an effort wait, issue. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me make sure I'm smiling. Go ahead. Time for photos. <laughs> Big cheese ball smiles. <laughs> oh, we just gave a serious effort on that photo. Good work, photo. Good work over there, PK. It's a good thing I bathed last weekend. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, Brian doesn't think they gave a serious effort. I thought they gave a serious effort. I thought they couldn't Seriously make shots. Seriously crappy effort. Couldn't make shots. Got to make shots. If you don't make shots, what happens, PK? You don't score points. Forrest, Oney, and Thomas were a combined two for 13. Most of that was Forrest going one for nine. Ooh. But the other guys were a combined one for What do you four. think his confidence level was on that ninth shot? <clears throat> Not very good. <laughs> I'm shooting this because coach said I have to, but I really hope he goes in. You think, I, I feel bad for a kid like that who's trying to make his mark in the league. Yeah. And this is his opportunity. Uh-huh. And he knows full well. He probably doesn't know that he's one for eight, but he knows he's not shooting the ball well. Right. He may not know literally how many shots he's missed in the moment. But he knows uh, but, he only made one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and But you're open. They're throwing you the ball. I mean, you got to admire their teammates for throwing the ball. Portland's not rotating. I mean, it was shades of Ricky Rubio. Ooh, the nightmares returned just then. The defender is dropping off into the lane. He's making it hard for Bogey to drive or Joe to drive or whatever. If you get a lion tattoo, should it be a requirement that you can be a good shooter? Yes. Because you got the lion tattoo, and you're ferocious, the guys but in the you t- can't shoot. Guys in the tattoo parlor, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I just looked you up at basketballreference.com. We're not doing the lion, dude. But yet he has one. Somebody didn't have basketballreference.com bookmarked. What animal would you get <clears throat> drawn on your body? Lion. Lion? <laughs> dolphin. I don't A know. dolphin. That'd be nice. Well, I, I was thinking more sea life. You know, the, I love the beach. Who doesn't? Well, there are people who don't love the beach, but... But everybody loves dolphins. You'd like to think. And that you can see them a lot. Uh, in the South Bay, where I spend a lot of time in the L.A. area, you see the dolphins doing, you know, probably go in the winter when there'd be nobody out there, and you could see the dolphins that look like they were body surfing. Cool. Because it would. There's a famous photo. You ever seen the uh, seven dolphins surfing? Yeah. The seven dolphins in the wave? I have cool. it. I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw it somewhere, and I bought it, just a little picture. Yeah. Uh, so dolphins would be good. I mean, but that, that's more along your, your, your speed. I can see that. Top speed? Well, no, you're not going to get somebody that, something that's going to be aggressive towards another. A, ra- a coiled you know, rattlesnake. You no, know, you're everybody's buddy. You know, you're... What would you get? <clears throat> What's a bitter, sarcastic animal? A porcupine? What are you thinking? A wolverine? What would I get? A raccoon? Raccoon? No. What are you thinking, PK? An aardvark. Uh, maybe a chihuahua. A <laughs> chihuahua. <laughs> oh, man. we got so many dogs in the neighborhood, and <clears throat> they all bark and set each other off. 
And you're I know they're right having now? a con- I know they're having a conversation. Right now you do? Oh yeah, right now. Oh wow. And one of them, there's a little tiny dog across the street, and he's the loudest one. And it, there's three other what, is dogs. Is he a yapper? Totally. I totally yapper. yapper. And they're gone all day, and the dog's outdoors, and if anything moves on the street, the dog the dog starts yapping. They're gone all day, meaning the humans. Yeah, they're working or whatever. So, and they leave the dog outside. Uh-huh. Have you thought about calling animal control? <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's just flat out rude. Take the dog away. The dog is annoying the entire neighborhood. Yeah. One of the neighbors was apologizing for their dog, and I said, "You know, your dog gets set off by that dog." And he goes, "I know." Oh, so you got like <laughs> stereo dogs? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. One to the north, one to the south, one to the east, one to the west. Surrounded. Wow. Yeah. That bites. It's the way of the world. I don't know what to tell you. Well, uh, I would hate that, man. We have a dog. He barks. I go get him, bring him inside. Then people say, yeah, the, the, the neighbors on the, uh, what is that, no, south side? Nobody That's what wants they do. to hear your dog bark. <clears throat> That's what they do. The neighbors on the south side, they tell the dog to shut up, and if the dog keeps going, then they pull him inside. Yeah. Yeah. My sister had a chihuahua when I was a kid, when I was in high school, named George. Just the meanest little sucker you ever Really? Had. Oh, my goodness. I think this dog is bored. I think it's probably a really smart dog. Uh, it notices everything. Chihuahuas so. are nasty. They, they really? hate life. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah, she had two dogs. She had a German Shepherd Blue, uh-huh. who was our ten neighbors, times the size of George. Our neighbors had a German Shepherd when I was a kid growing up. he was up. fine. It was a great dog. Yeah. I thought it was a great dog. Yeah. And but George was, I mean, you can fit him in your palm of your hand practically. Oh, really? Just and if, a dog weigh like at least twenty pounds. If you got near him, he'd growl. Uh huh. And just he would not want you to pet him. Do the smaller dogs have to be meaner and nastier because they're smaller dogs and it's harder to defend themselves? Uh, no, so they got to have no. attitude right from the no, get-go? No, no, I don't think so. Oh, I think really? some of them realize they're small, <clears throat> and but it doesn't affect their demeanor. Mm. But chihuahuas in general, I, mean, I really identify with the personality of a chihuahua. You just don't bother me. Get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. And she went out of town once, and so I had to – she had this barracuda as a car. It was so cool. And she said, if you take care of my dogs for the week I'm gone, I'll let you drive my barracuda. I said, oh, sweet, man. <laughs> the chicks of Northwest Phoenix are going to see me in that barracuda. <laughs> it is going to be one productive week, let me tell you. So <laughs> – even Johnny looked up at that like, really? True really? story, man. True story. Really? So I had this One barracuda with the stereo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Life was good that week. and But I would have to – she didn't want the dogs to stay in her bedroom, so I had to put them in a certain room when I would leave to go out because I stayed at her house, right? Well, the dog would get in the room, and he'd go under the bed, and he wouldn't have to – Bend or anything, you just walk under the bed. Well, I could never get him. I'd reach in there, and he just rah, 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 rah. so. I got my friends, and I hid in the bathroom. They rang the doorbell outside, and then the Chihuahua would go <laughs> screaming towards the the God door. Smarted the yeah, dog, yeah, yeah. That's and then funny. I'd shut the doors behind me and <laughs> uh, the bedroom door, and then I would be covered. Yeah, and we had to do that the whole week. And that was the one, the one time I saw two friends, 
and they were with me, and we were in that Barracuda. I was driving. I must have put 2,000 miles in one week on that Barracuda. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> cruising central was a thing back then <laughs> for all you people who have any uh, experience in the Phoenix area. Want to go to Tucson? Flagstaff? <laughs> I got the Barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> Cruise central, just go up and down and tell you stories about cruising central. And uh, that was my two friends. I'm driving. One's in the passenger, the other in the back. And I'm instigating an argument between them. And I'm saying, can you believe he's saying that? Can you believe he's saying that? Blah, 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 blah. They start going at it. And the one friend, that's when he dropped. He got so flustered that one guy said something. And my other friend, that's when he uttered the infamous line, that makes a hell of a sense. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just raising your arms. Victory! No, I had two hands on the wheel. At a red light. Oh. Because I had. You instigated uh, a fight that ended up with someone saying something really stupid. (laughs) It's a good day. I can't remember. And you were in the Barracuda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I was specifically in the Barracuda, yes. That's a great day. Then. And it was a cool car. I Barracuda. loved it. A good... And I can't remember. It was before or after that uh, I had taken, I had a weekend. My parents and my sister and her husband went to Vegas. My sister had just bought a new Vega, and, and she said, now don't take the Vega to the lake, to the river, the Salt River you could tube. And I took it and yep. crashed it. And I think that was after that I had the Barracuda. So I made sure that I didn't want to total two. I only have two sisters. I didn't, I didn't want to tail, total both of their cars. Good call. Yeah. And here we go with Barracuda. Burn, 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 burn it to the wick. Ooh, Barracuda. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> now you, you can go back to the jazz. I don't think the Jazz can follow the Barracuda. They even make Barracudas anymore? I don't think so. No. Super cool. Awesome. <laughs> I think we can sum up the Jazz with this. If the Jazz offered any team in the league, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, and there's no financial ramifications, right? Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley for Mieoni. Trent Forrest and Matt Thomas, every team would make the trade. That's essentially the trade the Jazz have just made. Those three guys combined to play 39 minutes. Now, some of the other minutes, another you know, 20 or 30 minutes that these guys would have played, has been spread out. You know, Niang's playing more minutes. Sure. You know, maybe Joe's picked up a few or whatever. So those are kind of spread out. But that's the kind of talent gap that exists. And I think in the short – we've always heard in the short run, you can make up without the star players – but you start getting into the long run, and you see four, six, eight games of video. It's just 14 games now. Right. And so you've got this video built up, and you've got pretty good teams in the Blazers and the Warriors. We're not picking them to win the title. We're not picking them to go to the finals. But they're still pretty good teams. And On given nights. Right. They're highly motivated. They've got something to play for. Right, I mean, the Warriors don't want to be in the nine thing where you got to win twice to get into the playoffs. That's much different. Right. So they need to stay at eight. The Blazers probably don't want to be at seven and definitely do want to be at five because their odds of getting the Nuggets, I suppose the Nuggets and Clippers could flip-flop places, but the odds are the Nuggets will be four. So these teams are pretty good. They have something to play for, and now they've got film. Hey, this guy's shot's a little funky. Let's let him beat us. If it goes in, it goes in. But we're not getting beat, 
you know, let's put an extra defender in the paint and make it harder for uh, Ingles and, and, and Bogey and Clarkson to get to the hole. Yeah, it's obvious. Okay, how about this? Would you trade Conley and Mitchell for Lillard and McCollum? No. Mitchell's One. the youngest guy. You absolutely wouldn't trade him. So you're just going on and Mitchell. Mitchell could end up with a Damian Lillard-like career. Now, Lillard's probably drooling, thinking, I've never gotten to play with Rudy Gobert behind me blocking shots. You know? So I guess it's, a little, it's a little, right? It's a little <laughs> apples and oranges there. About that. <laughs> He's played with Enos. It's, but I think there's a lot of comparisons between the two teams. Now, maybe the Jazz are about to do something Portland hasn't done. But... Portland's a team that gets to the playoffs, maybe sure. wins a series, and once they did win two, didn't yeah. they go to a conference yeah. final yeah. and then got worked by the Warriors, right? Yes. So, and maybe the Jazz are about to get to a conference final with this group. But if I told you any team in the NBA, and I told you their guards are basically six foot six two, you'd raise an eyebrow. You're like, you're a little undersized. That's going to be a problem. And the Jazz have a smaller guard line, and Portland's got a smaller guard line. So you think Conley and Mitchell are better – than McCollum and Lillard. I told you the younger guy. You're not giving up the younger no, guy. No, I, I, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying, do you think they're better? I think it's about the same. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities there. Conley plays a little different, and he probably shoots. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to visualize McCollum. You don't think McCollum's better than Conley and Lillard's better than Mitchell? Lillard's better than Lillard right now has had a better career than Mitchell. Do I think when it's all said and done, Lillard will have had a better career? Right now, Lillard's had a better career. I mean, Lillard's done stuff. Well, that's just based on age. Right. But I also know what Lillard's career is at this point. I mean, Donovan doesn't have two signature shots that Lillard has. Lillard has won two series. It's, it's the postseason. It's all on the line. The ball is in your hands. You need to hit this shot and knock that team out. So if they were the You've same age, twice. you wouldn't make that trade. <sighs> if they were the same age, if yeah. I was getting Lillard younger, uh, then I might make that trade. But when Lillard was younger, I didn't see it. Why not? He was the sixth pick of the draft. I know he was the sixth pick of the draft. He came in right off the bat. Yeah. How much young were you? Well, uh, but I don't think I, don't think I expected. About? No, but I, don't ex- I didn't think watching him at Weber State, I didn't think he was going to be the guy winning playoff series and waving goodbye. And neither did you think Mitchell. That's true, but I wasn't watching Louisville. I mean, okay, Weber State was right here. The people who did didn't think it. That's true. <laughs> no. I'd have to go back and look at the relative strength of the drafts, too, if either one was in an extra, extra strong or extra weak draft. Hmm. You take Lillard over Mitchell, dismissing the whole age right thing, now because yeah. you don't trade old. You don't trade old talent for young talent. I understand what you're saying. Since the Norm Nixon, Byron Scott, and the Lakers. Although you would be doing that, that would sort of be uh, flushed out with uh, McCollum's younger than Conley. Yeah. So, not as much younger, but you would pick up some years there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you definitely value those years. If if it's today, I make the trade. And I'm not worried about anything else. I'm worried about winning today. Okay. So the age doesn't matter. Today. Yeah. Lillard's got the playoff but experience. I, you I see no reason. I mean, that's reason. really what the national, you know, when, when, when Kenny the Jet is saying, not the Jazz this year, what he's basically saying is, and he leaves open the possibility of next year, he's saying, like, Mitchell could do it. 
but he's got to get a taste of it before he does it. Uh, so if you're doing it I today. I disagree with that. I, I get it, but a lot of people pitch that, and there is a lot he's of history to it. He's gotten a taste of it. He's already gotten a taste of it. At a lower level, yes. That's a taste. It is. And, and <laughs> it could work out. It did for the Warriors six years ago. Yes. So it's not that there's no examples, but most of the examples. Celtics won a title? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mavericks. Go to the Mavericks. That's a good one. Because they had a lot of first and second round. I guess I have to look and see if they had a if they had a, uh, a conference. I think they did have a conference. Magic won one? Bird won one? Uh, well, Bird was in a conference final one year and then won it the next year. Yeah, but he's still second year. <clears throat> right, but he still had a taste of it. And, and, and Kenny did. the Jet no, didn't well, say. He, had a, no, he didn't say they had to knock on the door. Yeah, he didn't, Kenny the Jet didn't say they had to knock on the door forever. He said, get to a conference final this year, win it all next year. He's totally on board with that. He believes that could happen. You know, and Lillard, I believe it could happen. Lillard's been there to conference final. He's been in that moment and had to make the shot, and it wasn't a fluke because he did it again. I think whatever Lillard has accomplished, which is a whole heck of a lot, mm-hmm. I believe Mitchell can accomplish. And I believe will, not just can. I believe will accomplish. So then you wouldn't trade them if you did factor the age in because you'd get the younger guy and you can believe he can do what the older guy has done. But, that's, it, but, but I'm going two guys, though. It's McCollum also. Yeah. It's not just Lillard for Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever Damian Willard has accomplished, which is a whole heck of a lot. Yeah. I see no reason and he's why never, Mitchell. And he's never gotten to play with a Rudy. And so if you're looking for why can the Jazz do something that Portland hasn't been able to do, well, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Well, not just Rudy, but yes, Rudy's a significant reason. Right. Uh, I well, think the Jazz have a, other better players. Makes it way better at the defensive end of the Obviously. Floor. Yeah. Yes, and there's no question. That they're, well, they're a better team. The Jazz are a better team. Right. The record bears out that they're a better team. I, I completely understand that. But I think, and a lot of the comparisons have been to Dwayne Wade, but I look at right Lillard. Yeah, I know, Wade at 6'5", that's an advantage. And look at those two and see comparable. And I, and I actually think Mitchell, maybe this is probably the homer in me because I see him all the time, I think he can be better than Lillard. And that's no knock on Lillard by any stretch. But I think he can be better. Wow. If you, if you can be better than Lillard, you yeah. are really I think he can be. a really high level. I think he can be. Yeah, I think he can. In what way would he be better? Just I mean, a I can't better believe player. he'd be better in the clutch. Like a 35-point-a-game guy or better oh, I think he can be great in the clutch. I think he's been awesome in the clutch, too, already. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, he hasn't hit playoff game-winning shots. Series-winning shots, right. Series, yeah, I should have said. But I think he's just dynamic. I think he's he's as or more dynamic. Lillard's more skilled. Lillard I, dominates you 25, 30 feet from the hoop. I think Mitchell can get there. I, th- I think they can be very, very comparable. I think he can supersede him. And that's probably because I'm watching Mitchell this more athleticism. Lillard uses his body well. I wonder how much he chooses. You know, at some point, guys decide, I'm, I'm just not dunking oh, yeah, that yeah, often. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It takes too Why much bother? energy, and then how am I coming down, and who am I coming down well, on? you have to do that as you get older. Yeah. Isn't his level of intelligence is great. Yeah. Yeah. He seems incredibly savvy. Yeah. High IQ guy, and, and the fact that he decided, I'm going all in on these 30 and 35 footers, 
and had it down to the point he could use one to win a series. Mm-hmm. That was there was no luck about that. No, I would agree. Yeah, he's he's committed. To, I'm waiting for the rest of the league, or at least a big chunk of the league's better shooters is probably a better way to say that. A big chunk of the league's better shooters to be that committed to that shot. I think it's coming. It's surprising me that it hasn't happened already. And we brought it up with Joe, and he's like, "That's a long way." <laughs> he's like, "That is," and Joe's a really good shooter, and he didn't sound like he wanted any part of it. So, all right, Joe's coming up at 9 o'clock. Bowler coming up next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Insider analyst for ESPN, good friend of ours, Jordan Schultz. If you're the Utah Jazz, who would you rather play in the first round if you had to choose between the Lakers or the Warriors? Listen, the Lakers have not been very good you know, the second half. And the problem with the Lakers has been they don't really have a lot of offensive creativity. And the fact that they have their two best players dealing with injuries. So I'd probably rather play a gimpy Lakers team than the Warriors who have caught fire and beaten two of the best teams in the league consecutive games. You know, I just don't want to deal with Steph and Draymond and that team. Maybe it's just me, but to me, playing the defending champs who really have struggled is a much more appetizing first-round matchup. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. Oh, come on. <laughs> Give some energy. There you go. <laughs> it's time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack. Bowler, good morning. David James, Patrick Kinahan. <laughs> How's the golf game this morning? Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I like to play. Heads up, man. Heads up. It takes a lot of balls to play golf like Craig sure Bullock. <laughs> I'm I'm probably good for at least six six lost ones. It depends on the course. But I just yeah. And then you just kinda get in a mode where you don't even worry about walking out to try to find it because everyone's saying, Come on, man, hurry up out there. Yeah, I think that's an important aspect of golf. A lot of people don't necessarily care how you play, but they care how fast you play. Fast you play. Let's keep yeah. it going. Let's drop it, it and hit another one. Yes, yeah. yes. And don't one thing that drives me nuts is you see all four people over there in the woods or the rough or whatever it may be. <laughs> no. One or two, the other two play. Two. You don't need yeah. all four. You don't need a search party. No, no, no. Yeah. I like the, yeah. I like the two and two. Yeah. The yeah. person who lost it needs a moral support and a little help. Need a little different angle. You might see the ball if it's kind of obscured yeah. and something. But the other two just, like, hit the going. shot. So when you finally find it or you drop one, you don't have to wait for three people to hit the ball. Right. Believe me, that'll drive me nuts. Yeah. Think, and after, like, after you hit, go swap out with the person who's helping. Right. Keep it moving. I think you ought to have, like, a 30-second rule, and then you air horn the guy <laughs> or, or, or woman and say, no, oh, you know, enough. time, time. Exactly. Don't hit me with the air horn of shame. I'm dropping. I'm dropping. Keep going. Keep moving. I'm not, and I'm coming from the perspective of 10 years in the Los Angeles area where literally, no joke, no joke, six hours to play a round of golf. And wow. all our listeners who have come up from the Southern California area are now nodding their head saying, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Are and you they walking would send, or are you driving? No, you're, you're riding, but they send out Five. fivesomes. And, and it's oh. just, 
and there's so many people who uh, who love to play golf and so few golf courses, and they sent out fivesomes, and you'd come on a tee, and there'd be a group hitting, a group waiting, and then you, so you'd be in the hole, basically. You, and it would be like you every, like every drive course. drive to San Diego or Ojai or something, like get away from it a little bit? Yeah, well, it's hard to do on a Tuesday. Yeah, okay, you got me there. <laughs> but if you got six I, hours, just, of course, if it's just, two hours to get to Ojai or yeah. three. I just say that when a, a you know marshal comes out saying you guys got a problem out here, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, these guys want to play through. If you don't do something, we're going to have to move you behind them. Okay, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I had a friend when uh, I was just learning in my 20s in Santa Barbara. I'd wrecked my knee, and I never played before that. And one thing he drilled into me early on, we're playing hurry-up golf here. This isn't the PGA Tour. Right. I don't care who has honors. You're ready to putt. I'm not ready to putt. Hit it. And no weekend amateur on the green should go to the opposite side of the hole and get down in a catcher's crouch. To oh, read yeah, the to green. read the break? No. To you read can't the break. read anyway? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. I'll let you do it behind your ball, but don't go to the other side of the hole and do it unless there's nobody around, then you can do whatever you want. And there's a five-some or four-some about yeah. 130 right. yards out. Right, waiting. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And they're going, yes. what are you guys doing up there? Right, get and you freaking four, And you four-putt. And you four-putt, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Bowler, now that we fix fixed the sport of golf, let's fix the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Is it as simple as getting Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley healthy and back on the floor? Because now yeah. it looks like they're scouted. And oh, yeah. The defenders on the other team are playing off guys who they don't think can shoot, and it turns out they're probably right. It's making it harder for guys to drive, and it just seems like there's no rhythm to the offense and everything's gummed up. Yeah, that was kind of the topic of the night after the game. Uh, Locke and I kind of are the last ones uh, – to lock the door sometimes just talking. But I think there's a, a couple of things. Fatigue comes into play mentally, physically, both, really. I think with 70 games in and the way these games have come fast and furious, absolutely. And second, to your point, you're missing two all-stars. You miss your backcourt. You, you really couldn't pair up fairly last night uh, with a Damian Lillard and a C.J. McCollum, who are really uh, – we've watched them for years, and it's the same story game after game, you know, year after year, either one or both are on. They've, they've kind of shut down Dame in the first two games, if you want to say, you know, limiting him to 16 points, but he went off last night, so did C.J. McCollum. Uh, and it, it, it's, let's be honest, look, there's no excuses in the Jazz camp. I mean, that's what Quinn will always tell you in a post-game interview. Enough depth to play on. There's no time to be tired. Yeah, we've heard that. But, you know, we're at that point where you had two games left. And, you know, really, the Suns must be talking the same talk because they've lost two straight. They, by the way, lost to Golden State after the Jazz lost to, to Steph Curry. And tonight, how crazy, they play uh, the Phoenix Suns, or pardon me, they play the Portland Trailblazers uh, like the Jazz did last night. Both teams have lost two in a row, so there's still a two-game spread with two to play. So, Obviously, all eyes on what what Portland is going to be able to do against Phoenix. But I think to your other point, DJ, the scouting, it was talked about in the postgame. And I think it's spot on that after a while, when you don't have Donovan and Mike, you basically know who the Jazz have and what the offense will be. 
And did you notice last night they left Trent Forrest, the rookie, all by himself multiple times mm-hmm. in the corner, and the shot wouldn't drop. And a lot of pressure for a young guy to say, okay, ball's in my hand, tight game, what are we going to do? And they just said, all right, if you're going to beat us, go do it. And, you know, look, Terry, Terry Stotts has been around a long time, but the, the game planning doesn't take a lot of thought. I mean, they know with Mike and Donovan out who the Jazz are. They watch the Golden State game. They know how to how to do this. And I think that, you know, the team understands that too. Um, you frustrate Bogdanovich. You'd had eight straight games of 20 or more, but last night off, they crowded the three-point line. They were physical. Uh, and also, you know, guard lines that have speed. Again, it goes back to the Jazz. Can you get back in transition? And I think all those things we just talked about have been a big part of, you know, where the Jazz been in the last, well, it's been a month, man. Was it April 16th? What today? The 13th. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a month, uh, since the Jazz have had Donovan. He's missed now 14. That's amazing, isn't it? When you break it down, 14, Mike's missed nine. And we'll see. We know that the missile's not coming back until the postseason. Uh, Mike Conley, we've not heard. Uh, whether he returns to the final two games or one game to try to, you know, maybe knock the rust off a bit. So you just made a statement there that makes me wonder. You said we know that Donovan Mitchell's not returning until the postseason. So that gives me a line of encouragement that we do know he's returning for the postseason because I'm starting. Well, to let's just say I, I should I should uh, say this, PK, and in your interviewing skills, yes, I've got a clarif- clarification, please. Um, because we know he's going to be reevaluated, and the statement was that he would miss the remainder of the regular season. Now, all I can say is from my eyes last night prior uh, to the game, for the first time I saw Donovan and Mike both on the floor. And to me, that's a huge step ahead in the sense of taking some shots, uh, you know, had your, had your shoes on, your Don issue fours, whatever you may have, and Conley both around shooting. So that, to me, is a, is a direction, a step in the right direction. But again, to clarify, look, I know what you know, and that is the remainder of the season, which was now, it was three games, now two, they, don't, they won't see Donovan. Uh, Mike Conley has not been put in that, in that category or in that sentence. So again, his status is still unknown, but I think there has to be some hope they're making progress. So when you say you saw him with the shoes on, you're talking about like 90 minutes or two hours before a game that went yeah, out, got yeah. shots up, and we're moving right. a little bit, enough maybe to break a sweat, but not yes. anything crazy. Yes. Yeah, and I think, again, that's the, that's the first step to say, look, if you can lace them up and get back and, and just get some, you know, ease. there wasn't real hard work going on, but it's a step. And I've seen that. We've all seen it multiple times. It's how players have to – you know, work their way back in the three on threes, the five on fives, but you get on the floor, you test it, you do break a sweat. And, you know, I was just glad to see both players out of street clothes. Um, and that's, to me, is a positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's 100% positive because that means they're the most definitely working toward the return when it counts the most. And that's uh, when the postseason gets started. Uh, next week so that that, I think I asked you that last week or the week before it's probably last week if you had seen that because that's uh, traditional when you go to the arena and you're there if it's a seven o'clock start and you're there by five or so that's when you see rehab guys doing their thing 
And last week you said you hadn't. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's a significant development. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, you know, in my experience, once you see a player in, in, in a warm-up or, you know, at least shoes on and he's got the ball in his hand, it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Who, who's missed a month? of the season and, and Mike's been over two weeks. So, you know, the jazz have a plan. They're going to try to hold on to this one seed. The two games on the road starts tomorrow night, uh, you know, in Oklahoma city. And then you play Sacramento who actually has played fairly well of late. But again, you know, on paper you would say to yourself, well, both these teams have nothing to play for. I get it. But it's the NBA first and foremost, there's still some pride second and also third and maybe the most important players and agents understand this is the time to show that you still have well the want and desire and also if a contract needs to be signed or you're as Jerry Sloan always says said uh, you're auditioning for 29 other teams around the league so that always plays in and you have to be prepared because look every team's been stung before but this is not the time to get to get stung uh, I can't tell you who the Jazz will play in the first round. I'm still looking at the math, and it's an amazing run to the finish. I, I, I'm guessing fans like it. Players may not, but a lot of fans are still engaged in what's going on here with this playoff. It's the same in the East, but, man, you've got the Blazers and Mavericks 5-6. Uh, the Lakers bailed out last night and, and barely beat Houston, by the way. So they still stay at the seven, and Golden State may just be at the eight along with – well, Memphis is a game, a half a game out. So you could maybe see a flip there at eight and nine. But the play-in games will still be really intriguing to see how this works out um, and who the Jazz actually have in round one. If they can hang on to the one seed, obviously obviously it's one eight. If the Lakers stay at seven, how about that Phoenix-Lakers matchup? I mean – that's there's gonna be a couple of good teams that are knocked out in round one. I'm just curious how much the one seed really matters. I get you want it, and it's it's yeah. certainly symbolic, and it sounds good, and you've had it for so long, you don't want to give it away. So that's right. all there. But I'm just not convinced the Jazz and Suns are going to meet in the conference finals, so it's not going to matter who has home court advantage. Maybe it's more important for which side of the bracket you go in and which teams are there, but we still don't know which we side know. the Lakers are going to go in. It looks like the Clippers, you know, if the Jazz are one, the Clippers and Suns go to the other side, and maybe the Lakers go with them. So that would seem, that would seem to be the reason to root for the one right now. I mean, yeah. the, the Suns are not rolling into the playoffs here. No, great. no, they lost two straight. I'm looking at the Clippers who have a game lead on Denver, and then you have the, the Portland Trailblazers have the tiebreaker on Dallas, but still sitting at 5-6 and six, even uh, record-wise. So, pardon me, even for the Clippers, guys, you don't even know who your number six opponent is. The Lakers could actually you know, jump uh, past Dallas, but, you know, that's what's so intriguing. You may not know until Sunday afternoon exactly, you know, how the – the top six will be, and then, of course, the play-in games are still being jockeyed for 7, 8, 9, and 10. And then you know, what are those matchups, right, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? So I don't know. I, I kind of find it intriguing. Others, I, I, you know, I heard said, look, you ought to just play the 72 games and, and say, hey, one through eight, go. But I think the league's just trying to keep teams honest, keep players on the floor, 
do what they do is entertain the fans and the money you pay for a ticket is part of the equation here. So it's kind of intriguing to see it, see it in action as it was last year in the bubble. And, you know, I remember Damian Lillard last year said, look, man, if I don't have a chance to get in the playoffs, forget it. You know what happened? He was the MVP in the bubble last year. And, you know, the play-in games, you know, I thought were pretty intriguing. We'll see if it sticks. But I think for right now, the NBA is pretty much sold on it. I'm actually looking forward to the actual games more so. This thing is kind of dragging on a little bit, like the end of a regular season tends to do. And I agree that there's been more of an emphasis and an added uh, incentive and all that. But it's the games themselves when we get to Tuesday night that I'm looking forward to turning on the television yeah. because this is it's still in its baby stages, even though it was there last year, to where, to me, it's still fresh. So when they get out on the floor and play the game, that, to me, is the most intriguing of the whole deal. Other part of it, too, PK, is that the bubble had no fans. Now, as they begin to trickle back in, what does the home court really mean, right? Uh, that was something that was talked about in depth last year as the, these these teams just had to play one another and basically silence. Yeah, you had some virtual fans tuned in, but, you know, it's still not the same of having, you know, your, the emotion of the moment. And we'll see how that plays out, too. And, and these play-in games and in the postseason, the Jazz – I tell you, the last two or three home games since they've opened it up, opened it up another thousand or so, you can I can tell the difference in just the uh, energy in the building. And it was a little flat last night because I don't think the Jazz. Well, I know the Jazz never found that rhythm, that um, it's kind of their ID of working working the pass, the extra pass. Uh, they had trouble with some physicality of of the defense of Portland last night and. You know, Bogey had a rough one after playing incredibly well and was is a reigning player of the week in the NBA. But, uh, you know, Bogey gets stuffed a bit, and Joe, I thought, did all he could. I'm just looking here. You know, he's been running the show. He had 14 last night. But, you know, Royce is more of a defender. He was worn out just trying to slow down the backcourt of Lillard and McCollum. And uh, Gobert, of course, had his own one-on-one with Nurkic last night, but Carmelo, I thought, was a difference maker. You know, he's going to be, what, 30, 37 in a couple of weeks. And he, I thought he hurt the Jazz in a big way coming off the bench. He looked fresh. He didn't play uh, the game prior against Houston. And he, you could tell he, he, he was fresh and, and looked, looked like uh, he had turned the clock back a bit. Bowler, we appreciate it as always. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. Well, I'm glad to warm up the stage, tell Joe to take the mic, and, uh, you know, let's, let's hear it. I'll be tuning in. Well, yeah, we got we to gotta sell some uh, prime rib here uh, in between. We can't rush right into the next show. You know how it is. The house uh, has got yeah. to make some money. Got to make some money. Sell some food, well, sell some drinks, that kind of stuff. Tell Joe, play on, and um, hit that three. Yeah. Okay. We're actually we're going to tell him to play through. <laughs> play through. <laughs> Wrap it all up. Wrap it up, man. Let's go. <laughs> Play through. These guys want to – come on, man. You're slowing us down. Yeah. They'll say, one. Hit it. Joe, Thanks, Bowler. Does Joe play golf? Does Joe play golf? I don't think he does. No, I, I brought it does. up to him one time. Okay. Well, maybe he's smarter than we all are. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. Hey, see ya. Thanks, Bowler. Yep. All right, Joe Ingles coming up in about 15 minutes here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I got something for next segment when we come back. If you want to feel old, 
I got the perfect recipe. Well, nobody wants to feel old. But you can't help it. All right. Now, what are you talking about? When I was 15, I couldn't wait to be 16. Yeah, but we're not talking to 15-year-olds. <laughs> well, you said nobody. We're talking to a lot of people in their 30s who don't want to be in their 40s, people in their 40s who don't want to be in their 50s, and so on. I All feel right. like D- I'm in my 20s. DJ PK. Uh, PK is going to make everyone feel old, so that's a heck of a tease. We'll do that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. For KSLSports.com, he's our good friend Ben Anderson. Who's the team to beat in the West? Jazz. Honestly, I don't think it's all that argumentative at this point. I mean, you've just seen the Clippers be inconsistent. I worry with Phoenix that they're going to run out of gas by the time they get to the playoffs. Plus, they're probably looking at a Lakers first-round matchup, and I think that's really tough. I'm curious how easy the Lakers' path is. Even if they beat Phoenix, they probably have to face the Clippers in the second round. It's just really tough. And so at some point, you have to say, what's the probability of just getting to the conference finals? And if the Jazz get to play the Warriors in the first round... And either the Nuggets or the Mavericks in the second round, you probably like the Jazz odds, and then that makes them the favorite. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, this next segment is for people under 16 who can't wait to be old so they can drive a car. For all of you who are over 30, 40, or 50, and don't want to get to the next round number. Too bad. PK's about to make you feel old. I embrace everything that is coming my way. Okay. I can't wait till I'm 70, because 70, I'm finally going to look good. Because that's relative to every other 70-year-old. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I just keep going to gym. I mean, 30 and 40, I didn't. But you just wait it out, and eventually you get there. Nice. You see what that's I'm good. saying? Good plan. Yeah. All right. Chris Hill once told me, man, you look pretty good. For your age. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you don't have a gut and you still have your hair. Yeah, I'm rolling. <laughs> All right. Man, so when I was 18, well, yeah, not so much. But I just waited it out and I got there. So, you know, looking forward to whatever, whatever lies ahead, whatever the next challenge is. You embrace it. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. I was going to say, that's the lie you say on the radio. <laughs> And then you get off and grumble, want, grumble want, all the way to the car, and I hear every word. I want, I want this to stay the way it is. No, you know who is 60 years old today? Who is 60 today, PK? You're never going to imagine this. Mr. Dennis Rodman. Oh, Dennis Rodman. First thing I see is him getting on that bike and disappearing into the night in that Jordan documentary. That was hilarious. My son laughed out loud when he saw it. He's like, did that guy just do whatever he wanted? Because my son, he's in his 20s. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't remember any of that. He wasn't born for that. He doesn't. Rodman, 60 years old. He could be a rebel then, but at 60. At 60, can you be a rebel? At 60, does he walk into some Vegas party, some lounge in Vegas? Everyone looks like, who's the old guy? He looks like all the tats and all the ears. He's just like, yeah. what's wrong with his hair? That's Dennis Rodman. So what? <laughs> and this ties into a tweet that we got. I said uh, we got one that says, the one that I feel the Jazz lack this season is the crazy player. Think Rodman with the Bulls or Draymond Green with the Warriors. The bruiser-type player who gets physical. I can see that. I can see where they're going there. 
Now, do you need that? The well, the bruiser giveth and the bruiser taketh away. I mean, you can think, hey, that guy helped this team win a championship. True, but then you think over here, that guy might have cost that team a championship. True. So you know, you roll the dice. I mean, we all remember Draymond getting getting suspended for Game Five, and the Cavs win it, and it starts LeBron on the way to the comeback from three to one to win the title, and. Magic moment in Cleveland and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's a really strong argument. Do they have three titles without Draymond? There's a strong argument they don't. Doak, it's your turn. Doak! (laughs) (laughs) Doak's like, I'm big, but I'm not crazy guy. (laughs) You got a week to get crazy. (laughs) You got a week to get crazy. All right, Scott from Elite Works joining us. We're broadcasting live this morning. We're in Utah County. We're at the Cedar Hills Golf Club. High up on the ridge with the yes. commanding views of Utah County. <laughs> Spectacular views to the west and the south. The, the, the best views there are of Utah County, right? It's yeah, they nice are, actually. actually. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The fir- I'm trying to think where else. I mean, you, I guess. Tippinogus? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true, right? Because yeah, we were talking about the high elevation on number one, but on the yeah. back nine when you cross the street. There's a bunch of high elevations. There too. is, and yeah. it, it looks down all yeah. over the valley. It's yeah. a it's a great setting for the golf uh, tournament today, for sure. Yeah. So the golf tournament here is to benefit the um, all the well, especially the the kids and the families uh, because the families struggle right along yeah. with the kids when they're struggling with dyslexia, and they have a nonprofit that people can turn to. They're for profit companies yeah. and doing good work and help, but they might be a little more expensive. And, yeah. And you're raising money for the people who can't even afford the nonprofit. Absolutely. Like, like you said, if there's situations where you feel, um, you know, helpless. Mm-hmm. And, and if your kid can't get the help they need um, in school or the teacher can't kind of figure out what's going on, uh, you know, going to a, a place and, and spending money if you don't have money is really hard. Obviously, they can't do it. And so at today's golf tournament, what we're doing is – we're actually going to try and fill 50 or 60 scholarships uh, for those specific types of families that need help, um, you know, for their kids to learn, to progress in school, and be really productive people in society. With the uh, dyslexia, I don't have a lot of knowledge on it, but I know like autism, there's all sorts of various levels. Yes. Does that work? In, is that the situation here? Yeah. In this situation? Yeah. It, you're exactly right. It's a, it's a great way of putting it. it. There's people that are much more severe than others. And, um, you know, each one of those individuals will need some specific help. Some, it could be, you know, as quick as six months, right, to really help them figure figure out a new way to learn. And some kids will have to go for years to try and really figure it out. And, and that can be a big burden on families and, and especially the kids there. I mean, if you can't read and you're that kid in school, you know, other kids are looking down on you. People think you're dumb. And, and really what you can do is help your kid build that self-esteem. And, and as a parent, I don't think there's anything more we'd wish upon our kids than self-esteem to try and, and do their best and do better. And, and that's really what we can do is try to help them gain that by succeeding in the classroom and, and not being that kid that, you know, people are mocking or making fun of because they, they can't read. Yeah. So how can you help parents? And, you, and you've been through this as a parent. Yeah. But there's still there's a lot of scenarios to go through, and you only yes. went through one of them. Yes. Uh, but I'm just curious – you can't see the world through your children's eyes. Yeah. They can't diagnose themselves with dyslexia and say, well, yeah. you know, the letters are out of order. That's yeah. why it doesn't make sense to me. They can't, 
they can't know that. So how do you break through that? How do you connect the dots and get to the point that, hey, I think we should go have our kid check yeah. for this? Yeah. If, if your child is struggling, if my daughter used to be able to, she goes, Dad, you want, we would read every other page at night mm-hmm. when she was little. And she would read the page backwards. And she would read it quicker backwards than she could read it forwards. And I was like, whoa, you know, we're, what do we have going on here? And, and if your child struggles or letters are disappearing or numbers are off, things like that, you need to call the Dyslexia Center up. They can set up a, 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 a consultation where you can come in. They'll give you a bit of a test. And, and they can kind of figure out a plan of, what, what they can do to help your child out, help the family out. Um, maybe you qualify for a scholarship. If you do, great. Uh, they're really there to help people out. It's, it's a nonprofit. Shelly Hatch runs it, and she's done this for well over 20 years, dedicated her heart and soul to the children. And it's just, it really is a, a feel-good story and a feel-good type of company. Well, thanks for doing the golf tournament yeah, today and you. raising all the money. And uh, good luck with the rest yeah. of the day. You got thank some sponsors you, so you want to thank? Yes, we do. Um, uh, we have Coke. We have Chick-fil-A. We have Honey Baked Ham. We have Elite Works. We have Metastock. The Utah Jazz. BYU and Utah donated some great stuff. Uh, uh, 1280 The Zone. You guys come out every year to this. Help support us. Um, so great sponsors out there that make this come true and no one's taking any money out of this tournament anywhere. It's all going to the scholarship fund. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We appreciate all you do. Thank you. All right. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us.